I think you have to be comfortable doing things that others are not doing. Because like I said in the beginning, you know, it is a good old boys club in a lot of, in a lot of ways, especially in my market. Um, so what I, what I had to do is I had to set myself apart from the people who were already established. You know, what, what skills do I have and what do I bring to the table that's different than, you know, the average age in our business really is 57 years old. Um, and you know, what do I bring different? What's my perspective that's different and what value do I bring, you know, to the end user of my services? Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hey, our sponsor for the show today is Pine Financial Group, the leader in hard money lending in Colorado and Minnesota, and they were recently approved to offer their investment publicly. This investment offers only for investors in Colorado and Minnesota and is only made through their investment prospects. Get your copy today. Simply visit www.pineinvestments.com and click to get started. Look, there's a reason why some of the wealthiest people in history invest in loans backed by real estate. Learn more about the risks and returns at www.pineinvestments.com. Hey, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer, and with me today, I'm excited to have Tyler Chester. Tyler, how are you doing today? Todd, I'm doing great. How are you, sir? I am fantastic. So a little bit about Tyler. He is the founder and president of the Chesser Companies. Tyler is an innovative and dynamic commercial real estate broker, multifamily real estate investor, and a peak performance coach for multifamily investors around the U.S. Prior to his rapid advancement in real estate business, Tyler had experience in international marketing market research, and direct sales within multiple global Fortune 500 corporations. Recently recognized as a rising star, 30, un, 30 and under internationally and in, commer, in commercial real estate by CCIM. And one of the 20 people to know in real estate by Louisville Business First. Tyler has become a nationwide leader in the income-producing real estate investment world, his uncanny grasp of the market complexities, a deep passion and skill as a leader, and a mastery of investment analysis formed a perfect match in investment real estate. Tyler, I know you. I have uh, met you a few times, and I know you've got a, a ton of energy, wealth of knowledge, and you're always willing to help other people. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to have you on the show. I want to talk more about a little bit more about your background, kind of where you came from. I know the last time uh, you and I met and walked properties, you were uh, a part of a different brokerage and now you've formed your own brokerage. So that's exciting. A lot of cool things going on. And uh, I see your name kind of everywhere. So you're, you're, you're doing your part in getting yourself out there. Tell our listeners a little bit more about your background, what you're doing, and, uh, and then we'll dig in. Absolutely. Well, Todd, it's great to be with you, first of all, and I appreciate you having me on your show. And uh, as far as my background goes, you know, really, it's interesting because as I think of that question, I really think of big picture and how I was brought up as a person. 
and I was brought up as most middle class people are, you know, it's like go to school, do well in school, work as hard as you can on your homework, get the extra credit, you know, and, and get into college and, and then get a great job. And it's, you know, that's the narrative that we all learned. And that's certainly the narrative that I learned. And I'm not mad about it. I'm not, you know, anything, but I'm just stating the facts. And so that's really, you know, kind of how my, my childhood and my upbringing really was, was aimed towards that to build a, you know, build a low risk life and a life that would be comfortable in a lot of ways. And so, you know, that's what my reference was. And so I came up in that. And as I went to college, you know, I learned some things about business school. Obviously, I went to business school and I learned about, you know, the psychology behind uh, business. And that's why I got into marketing. I actually started learning about, you know, how to communicate with consumers and how to influence their behavior and also how to track their behavior. So I, you know, I found a lot of interest in market research, as well as direct response marketing, in addition to digital marketing, because that was rapidly advancing at the time that I graduated from college. And so, uh, you know, I really started in that space. And I learned a lot. And I also learned a lot about the politics of of corporate America and really what would be required for me to get to where I wanted to go. And so during that process, you know, as I'm learning, I also became aware that maybe some of that narrative that I learned growing up wasn't really relevant for me. Um, and I'm not saying that it's a wrong narrative for many people because it may fit for many, many people. But for me, I noticed that I wanted to take more control over my life, over my capacity financially, as well as you know, in my just professional life. And so with that, I started to kind of explore what are my options and what kind of skills do I have? And I started to talk to a lot of people because I was really doing some soul searching. I mean, I was spending a lot of time in my job, a lot of effort, and I wasn't being noticed to the degree that I wanted to be or that I felt like I should. And I would ask for raises and, you know, I would get those uh, inflationary raises annually and, you know, minimally above that. And so I started to kind of really dig into it after really necessity because I had things that happened to me financially that really pushed me to a point where it's like, all right, now you've got to make a move to be able to earn more income essentially. And it, so it became very practical at that point. But then I started to really dig and say, all right, well, if I'm going to make some changes, do I need to really pivot my entire life, my, my entire professional life? And long story short, I decided to do that. And I, I got involved in real estate because it's funny because I had actually purchased a house years before. And I was like, you know, that was kind of interesting. I, I could see myself being good at selling houses. And so I ended up getting my real estate license with the understanding that, you know, I could sell a house here, here too, you know, one or one or two here and there, you know, on the side and make some extra money. And it's interesting because I did that. And as I did that, I started to learn very quickly that residential real estate wasn't something that I would be interested in personally. It just didn't really fit who I was. I've always been, you know, a little bit different in terms of it. I don't really look at a, a property and say, wow, you know, I love the, the, the color of the paint on the wall there and, and the countertops and those kind of things. And so I started to identify that there was really a different side of real estate that I had no clue about, which was commercial real estate and investment real estate you know, um, that really encompassed something that I was always talented at or skilled at naturally growing up was was math and numbers. And also matching my able my ability to influence and build relationships with other people as well as, you know, have some sales skill and things like that I actually had sales experience prior to marketing. So long story short, I decided to get into the commercial real estate brokerage business and learned a tremendous amount about cash flow about 
you know, what people are looking for when they're investing in assets. And during that time, it was very challenging for me to really kind of break in because it's kind of a good old boys club. You know, I didn't have family or friends really in the business to kind of show me the ropes. So I was kind of rudely awakened in a different, in a lot of different ways because of, you know, because of the barriers of entry, so to speak. And as I started to kind of make a little bit of a name for myself, I decided that, you know, there's really a lot that I needed to learn. And so I, I hired a coach. And so that was one of the first things that I did. My coach was always, you know, sort of giving me direction, giving me advice on certain things to do. And he was always referring back to certain books that he had read. And so I started to think, all right, well, maybe I should pick up one or two of these books. Once I read one of the first books that, that, that he recommended, it started to really kind of be a snowball. And I was so interested in what I could learn because it really impacted my life, impacted my business so quickly. But um, so that's really kind of a bit basis and a foundation of where I came from and where I built, where, where I am now. I'm certainly not where I want to be. And I continue to, to grow and become the person that I hope to be one day, every single day. But, um, you know, I've, I've developed such a passion for personal professional development throughout this entire process because it's allowed me to have staying power and beyond and to, you know, build financial independence, financial freedom, as well as other capacities that I had no clue that I even had. I didn't know that I had a lot of the skills and, um, you know, I had to dig deep and become who I am today and still who I'm becoming tomorrow to succeed in this business because it's extremely challenging. But it's really, as I look back, it's really become something that I'm extremely proud of. And it's been like one of those things that you didn't expect to happen through that process. Um, But it happened for me. And so that's why I love real estate, to be honest with you. Not only does it allow you to provide practicality and freedom in your life by investing in income producing real estate assets, but it also, you know, because it is challenging, uh, you've got to strategize, you've got to think ahead, you've got to dig deep and develop talents and skills within yourself that allow you to overcome those challenges. So those are some of the things that, that I really love about it, but that's a long and the short of where I've come from. So you talk about the, uh, the good old boys club and you're in the Midwest. Uh, so we've got the same thing. I don't, it seems like in different markets, it's a little bit different, but in the Midwest for the most part, it's the good old boys club, as you, as you mentioned, uh, so how did you break through the good old boys club to be able to start selling commercial real estate and be successful at it to the point of where now you were able to form your own brokerage? Uh, how did you break through? Give us a, a couple of ideas of what happened there. Well, it was really through kind of grit and, and, and force, to be honest with you. It was like, you know, if you, you picture like a, uh, you know, a rocket ship taken out of the atmosphere. I mean, it's so much more fuel and effort to get out of the atmosphere when you're still stuck there. And so it really took over over the top effort, over the top consistent and intelligent effort. You know, that was that was the key for me. Um, because like I said, I didn't have I didn't have those connections that that many others did uh, in that business. And so, you know, really, it was it was about grit across the board. Not only was it I had to equip myself with the knowledge and the understanding and the tools, you know, whether it was through CCIM, whether it was through books, whether it was through finding mentors, hiring coaches, or building that, you know, organic network, you know, those are a lot of the things that I had to do was really just to, you know, across the board, like in all directions, but with a focused, 
you know, outcome in mind. And so that's really how I was able to make it happen. It was definitely not easy. And there was a lot of times where it was like, man, I, this is, this is more stressful than I want it to be. And, and is it worth it? You know, I definitely had that self-talk a lot as well, but um, obviously it ended up being worth it. So for somebody who goes, Hey, you know, I'm a, maybe I'm a real estate agent or I want to be one, but I can't, I just, I don't, houses aren't cute. And uh, I don't want to tell everybody how, you know, how cute their family would look in this house and the, the, yep. the colors are pretty and blah, blah, blah. Uh, they, they want to go to commercial real estate. What's some, what's some advice you would give to them looking back uh, that they could really, uh, you know, lean on? Yeah, I think it would definitely be just to get yourself a basis of understanding of how the landscape works and what's the what are the decision making factors. I think just as a really basic, you know, item, it's like, all right, we're not looking at feng shui here. We're looking at, you know, what's the risk analysis and what's the, you know, what's the current operation, what's the future potential operation, what's the worst case scenario and you know what type of risk do we need to associate to this type of asset so i think if you can start to understand those factors uh also in relation to you know really many other sophisticated factors including you know demographics of the market also you know what's happening economically politically so you know obviously you've got to take it one step at a time so don't overwhelm yourself but i think the first thing that i would do if i was trying to make the switch from residential to commercial real estate would be to understand that an acquisition or a sale of a property is all based on the level of risk that most investors associate to that asset. And, you know, once you start to kind of understand that, then you can say, all right, well, this submarket or this neighborhood, you know, presents this level of inherent risk because of these factors, you know, maybe, maybe you've got a poor school system in that particular area. So, you know, it could be potentially, let's say you're acquiring a, an apartment building, you know, it, potentially it's going to be a higher risk area because families don't want to necessarily live there. And so that potentially presents more risk to you as an owner because there's going to be potentially less occupancy. So, you know, obviously that's just one of many different factors, but I think having the understanding that you're looking at risk rather than, you know, the desire to potentially, you know, live in a house that has granite countertops is just one example that I would start there. Yeah. So it comes down to education, which, uh, yep. which on any, whether you're going to be a, a broker or a, a real estate agent or uh, an investor or any kind of business owner, education is going to be number one to get started in a break. Absolutely. Um, well, and beyond that too, I mean, it's, you know, it's education, but it's also, you know, building a network as well. I mean, you've got to get to know the players and there's, there's certainly education that comes along with that as well. You know, it's like, you definitely want to have the book knowledge. You want to have the understanding of, you know, what are the statistics going on in the location in addition to, you know, other, uh, you know, comparable sales in addition to cap rates and those kind of things. And your, your education on your own financial analysis, market analysis and all that. But you also want to definitely get to know who are the players and, and what would they recommend for me? Because every market is different. Yeah, and that's a really good point. I think if, for challenging to get started, I mean, the sellers that are out there, the property owners, they, when they're looking at selling their property, they got to decide between you 
and somebody who's been established in the market for 35 years that they've known that potentially even sold them their property originally, um, or who's given them a, a, you know, a valuation of their property probably numerous times throughout their ownership. And so somehow you've got to crack into that. I think that would be one of the more challenging things. Um, what, what, uh, any like advice on, on networking that has worked for you and being able to break in through that industry? That's, that's very, yeah. as you said, very, um, old boys club. I think you have to be comfortable doing things that others are not doing, because like I said in the beginning, you know, it is a good old boys club in a lot of, in a lot of ways, especially in my market. Um, so what I, what I had to do is I had to set myself apart from the people who were already established. You know, what, what skills do I have and what do I bring to the table that's different than, you know, the average age in our business really is 57 years old. Um, and, you know, what do I bring different? What's my perspective that's different and what value do I bring, you know, to the end user of my services? And so for me, what I did was I established a brand really in a different way. And it was more of a refreshing, in my opinion, a refreshing brand based on sort of the old tired way of the past. And mine was more of like, hey, you know what, I'm here and I'm going to use tools that are really advanced for, you know, today's day and age. And we've got every single, you know, capacity to, to market your asset across the world, as well as, you know, be intuitively, you know, understanding what's going on in the market. Um, so you had to, I had to set myself apart really. And, and it was through, you know, digital media, through social media marketing, and it was through kind of creating a thought leadership platform of establishing myself as a go-to expert. And in addition to that, also building relationships in person to show people that, you know, just because I have a great social media presence doesn't mean that's all of who I am. That's one yeah. facet of, of what I did, but that, that really helped me in the beginning. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to recap, you're, you're basically saying you've got to figure out what your value proposition is, your unique value proposition, and be able to, to be able to tell everybody that you want to do business with that that's your value proposition. You're setting yourself up as a unique person and hopefully speaking to them. Now, you're not going to speak to everybody, um, but you're going to speak to enough people that are going to want to potentially look in and, and do business with you. So. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I think it is key to just, to, I mean, at the end of the day, what you're saying, I'm reflecting back to you is that you've got to listen to who you're dealing with. You've got to yeah. place a focus on them. It's not all about you. You know, what do they need and learn from them. And, and really it's an iterative process as well, because in the beginning, you're not going to know, you know, all the answers and how, to, what is your value proposition? You're going to have to develop that and evolve it. I'm still continuing to evolve my value proposition on a daily basis. Um, but it's a great point and I appreciate you bringing it up. Hey, let's take a minute to thank our sponsor, Pine Financial Group. Look, you work hard for your money. Is your money working hard for you? Because of inflation, money sitting idle erodes your wealth. Many investors understand that real estate is a great investment, but may not want the effort or the risk that comes with owning their own property. They want to sit back and have payments Hit their bank account each and every month. Stop eroding your wealth and start building by asking your money to work for you. You should be earning profits while you sleep in investment backed by real estate. Pine Financial Group, the leader in hard money lending in Colorado and Minnesota, was recently approved to offer their investment publicly. 
This investment offers only for investors in Colorado and Minnesota and is only made through the investment prospectus. Get your copy today. Simply visit www.pineinvestments.com and click to get started. There's a reason why some of the wealthiest people in history invest in loans backed by real estate. Learn more about the risks and returns at www.pineinvestments.com. It's www.pineinvestments.com. I want to invite you to join us at the North Star Real Estate Conference. This conference is September 20 and 21st in Minneapolis, and it's going to be packed full of a ton of great speakers. We've got uh, just a, a great group of people speaking. You can look at our lineup on our website, nreconference.com, and sign up there as well. We've got an early bird special. All you need to do is type in early bird, one word, and uh, you can get $100 off. And that's good through August 10th. So make sure you sign up now. Take action. Look, people that take action and value their education are those who are going to succeed. I know there's a lot of free content. My podcast is free. There's all kinds of free content out there, maybe even free meetups that you're attending. But this conference is going to blow your socks off. This is going to be well worth the price. And all the profits go to charity. So it's definitely time to take action. Sign up now. Don't delay because the prices will go up. Um, but you know what? Every time I attend a conference, I 10x. Actually, I would say I'm more like a thousand X even my investment, a hundred, a thousand, potentially even more X my investment. I've met so many fantastic people. I've met investors at conferences. I've met potential partners at conference. I've joined mastermind groups because of conferences. So it's a ton of value. You cannot replace it. So check it out. NREconference.com. Thanks a lot. So you, you, uh, you know, obviously you started with the brokerage, uh, you grew, uh, your network and grew your business and, and got to a point where you said, Hmm, uh, what I'm going to stay with them or I'm going to go out on my own. And ultimately you said, I'm going to go out on my own and form my own brokerage. What? Like, first of all, why? Like that's, you're crazy. Second of all, uh, congratulations, by the way. Uh, second of all, uh, so, so why, and I, I guess really take us through that decision-making process of why you did it, it, why it made sense to do, and what were some of the challenges then of doing that? Why maybe it didn't make sense to do mm-hmm. earlier? Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, you know, as I came up in the business, I always appreciated the opportunities that I had to affiliate with different brokerages. And I made the decision along the way that boutique sort of outfits were more fitting for me because I looked at it as with my marketing background, I could establish my own brand um, underneath, you know, more of a, you know, sort of a nimble flag, I guess you could say. And, but along the way, I did also sort of to understand the landscape a little bit better. And I looked at other opportunities. I mean, I, I considered joining institutional firms along the way and was getting recruited various, you know, from 
the global institutional quality sort of real estate brokerages all the way down to your regional leaders and even local outfits. And I decided that, you know, I see the landscape evolving so quickly and so fast that I don't think some of these bigger organizations are as flexible to deal with that. Um, so I ultimately made the decision that for me, I wanted to be in a position to be able to adapt and to grow and adjust my value proposition along the way as quickly as possible. So that was one of the decision making pieces. Yeah. The other was, you know, as I think back to my background, you know, for me, the key has always been personal and professional growth, right? And I'm also extremely passionate about that. So I wanted to set up an organization that was not only focused on real estate brokerage, but also would give me the opportunity to invest in the product that I believe in so much. Uh, in addition to providing services individually to clients, you know, on a one on one basis regarding coaching. And so that, you know, that ended up being sort of my decision making uh, qualities there. Pillars, I guess you could say. Yeah, your pillars. There you go. Um, so the with the investing, uh, it sounds like you've done some investing. Um, how do you how are you keeping that separate from, you know, your, your sales business? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly that's always something that I get asked. And uh, it's very important, because I don't want to have any sort of conflicts of interest with my clients. Mm -hmm. I think it's always key to just disclose over disclose where where you are. And, and I've been an active investor in multifamily since 2016, at this point. So I'm not doing syndications uh, or anything like that. And most of my clients are syndicators. Um, and so you know, I think that that's a way for me to kind of differentiate you know, what I'm doing on an, on an active investment platform uh, versus that. But, you know, I think it's, it's always an iterative process. Yeah. What, what, what type of real estate, by the way, is your, your listing or selling? Yeah. So we do, um, we work in commercial real estate across really all asset classes and we do retail as well as office, uh, raw land for development and multifamily. We are most known for multifamily. Um, typically, you know, we, we carry listings anywhere from one to $20 million in value range. Um, and we do a lot of off market transactions as well. But that's typically where the highest velocity of our activity sort of lies. But it's always investment, uh, investment sales, you know, we don't really do a ton of leasing with my company, um, in terms of commercial leasing. Um, but we can evaluate assets, you know, from really all of those different asset classes, uh, in Kentucky and Indiana, and we do focus primarily in the Louisville MSA uh, in surrounding regions here, because that's where really where our market expertise is. So I'm an investor and I want to buy in your, in your area, your region. And I, you just mentioned you do some off market deals. I want that sweetheart off market deal um, that you've got in your pocket. How do I, what's some advice to in order to get those pocket listings from you. I want to buy that pocket listing. I want to be the only one you call or one of the first people that you call. What are things that make people, make buyers stand apart that I should start putting and implementing into my business? 
You know, I, I get this question a lot, really. And I, I think it's a great question because everybody's trying to be competitive in today's landscape. It's so, yeah. it's so, you know, so much demand and so much competition out there. But I guess for me, you know, it goes back to an earlier piece of our conversation where it is, you know, truly get to know who you're dealing with from the brokerage side. I mean, who, who is this person? What's important to them? I mean, as I've mentioned here on the show, you know, I've, I'm, I believe in the product of what we sell. And I, I wouldn't be able to sell something if I didn't believe in it. Um, and the reason why I say that is because obviously I invest in it. And so, you know, I guess for me, if somebody were to ask me that question, I would probably say, hey, you know, how can I get involved with you? If there's some, if there's, you know, an opportunity that makes sense for you and your group, you know, what can we do to, to explore that option? Obviously with everything fully disclosed, you know, as, as we always would. Um, so that would be one thing. Um, beyond that, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about, can, are you easy to do business with? Are you realistic? Are you responsive? Do you communicate when there's a challenge? Do you let me know about it so we can handle that together? Um, you know, if you've got questions or concerns, you know, are you, are you touching base with me on a frequent enough basis to where we can handle those issues? I think those are important, but it, I look at it, everything as a long-term relationship. So it's, you know, you're not somebody that's just taking, you're also offering value in return, I think is always important. Mm, that's a good one offer value and return. What kind of value have you had other investors uh, provide to you that, you know, uh, you find beneficial, I guess, what kind of value have they been able to so, you know, we, we get, and I say we, and I'm saying really the brokerage community, especially in multifamily, because that's what I do a lot of. And we, we get people that reach out really all the time and say, Hey, here's our criteria. You know, we're ready to acquire, you know, this type of asset, this many units, this, you know, this price range and, you know, B and C class, whatever. And really a lot of it is very similar. And there's a lot of competition. I can tell you exactly in what range, but you know, one thing that I have seen more recently lately is, um, you know, purchasers are really offering additional consideration to, to brokers who help them find, you know, off market deals or even marketed deals. Uh, and they're, they're offering additional, you know, consultation fees. Um, so, you know, that does, I will truthfully say that that sets them apart because, you know, obviously, if you're going to be locating those opportunities and there's so much clutter, there's so much noise out there in terms of who really wants that deal um, that does set people apart for sure. Yeah. Good, good point. Um, I, I've used the strategy of uh, offering, you know, put potential equity in a deal as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, upon, you know, you get your commission of course, but then, uh, I'd like you to be part of the deal. Uh, as that well. would be extremely attractive. I think that's a great strategy. And that's exactly what I meant earlier by offering additional consideration uh, in terms of equity. Because I mean, most brokers, if they're in the business, and they're, they're truly passionate enough about it to be a market leader, they believe in the product. So if you offer additional equity, that's a phenomenal selling point to a broker. Yeah. Uh, what are some, what are some things that are like the ultimate maybe turnoffs where you're like, I don't want to work with this person. I, I, you know, that, that type of thing, anything that you've had where you're like, okay, this, uh, this person doesn't really fit my list. I mean, the, 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 the quickest thing that comes to mind is just somebody who's unrealistic or, or has no clue about really what's, what's real in the marketplace. You yeah. know, if somebody calls me, 10 cap. 
Yes, exactly. It's like, okay, that's, I appreciate you calling me, but you just wasted five minutes of my day and I'm pissed off now, you know? So (laughs) that would be the first thing. Um, Beyond that, it's just easy to do business with. I think expecting the unexpected is so key. Like every Mm -hmm. deal, there's always issues. And so, okay, well, that's fine. We've got an issue here. And are you somebody that's workable? That's a solution, you know, oriented individual. I think to me, makes someone easy to to deal with. And that makes me more likely to want to do business with them again in the future. Um, so those would be the two quick things. Cool. Cool. Uh, so I'm going to shift a little bit. And, uh, first I want to ask what's a, what's a mistake that you've made, uh, and how have you learned from it more importantly? So early on in my business, I think one of the biggest mistakes that I've made was really not delegating enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to really take on everything and, and I still have to peel off certain things. It's like, what am I doing? You know? Um, but you know, the first deal I ever invested in as an example, uh, I decided that I would, you know, be the broker of the deal. You know, it was a smaller multifamily deal. I would, I would broker the deal. I would, you know, I, I hired out contractors to do my inspections and due diligence and stuff like that. But I failed miserably on due diligence. Let me just tell you that. Um, but beyond that, you know, once I started operating it, I decided I would manage it too. Like, yeah, I have all the time in the world to manage this asset as well. I'm glad I did it. You know, looking back, of course, you know, those mistakes are obviously learning opportunities, but definitely I did not delegate nearly enough. And really it's still taken me a lot of time to start delegating more of the kind of these lower level tasks in my business that I didn't need to be spending time on. So I would say that's one of my biggest, um, biggest mistakes sort of early on here. Yeah, I continue to make that mistake is, is not delegating, especially delegating quick enough. It's like yeah. you look at your list and, and there's so many little things that you do on a day-to-day basis. You oftentimes don't have time for the things that are truly important and going to grow your business. It's like, why am I not exactly. giving this stuff away? This is... $10 an hour stuff, or I could hire a VA potentially for three or $4 an hour. Um, yet I'm doing it myself. Like, well, really? I hired an assistant, you know, six months ago and it's like been life changing. I mean, it's yeah. been absolutely amazing. And obviously just trying to identify what more areas can I offload so then I can do more, I can be who I'm meant to be. And so, yeah, that's, it's been a great learning opportunity really. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, so what are, what are three, uh, key factors to your success? I mean, honestly, for me, it is consistency and it's understanding that, you know, my, what I, what I did yesterday is not really, you know, what I should be resting on today. I don't rest on my laurels. That's, you know, it's something that I've had to really continually remind myself. Um, but it is definitely consistency Beyond that, I mean, I, you know, I think persistence is also another huge factor. It's like, like I said, you know, I, I, at this point, I've come to the realization that I should just expect the unexpected all the time. And so when it happens that I don't allow it to really knock me down, I just take the body blow and say, all right, well, what are we going to do about it? You know? And so to me, that's been hugely important. Um, beyond that, it is continuous learning and having a growth mindset. Um, because, you know, I think, learning is the key but also as i mentioned earlier you know things move so so quickly and so what we learned before we have to be humble enough to realize that that may or may not be relevant anymore and yeah. so um you know but i i've 
I'm such a curious person. So that's actually the most fun part about what I do is just learning something new every day and learning, you know, a lot more than just one thing. But um, I'd say that those, those have been my keys. So with the learning, what's your, what's your favorite uh, business or real estate book? So I'm a big reader. I do read all the time. Um, I would I have to say, you know, probably a few, if you don't mind, I would probably say like maybe two or three books have been really impactful for me. I think one that most people uh, talk about a lot, you know, is, is thinking grow rich. And the reason why it's, it's in my list in that category is, you know, not only did it help me sort of identify how to build abundance financially within my own life, but it also helps me how to, you know, identify really how to acquire anything that I wanted in my life, you know, whether it was a relationship or whether it, you know, was a, you know, a health, a health goal or whatever it is. I mean, that, that, those principles that I learned in that book are phenomenal. I revisit it every year. Uh, but beyond that, I've had some other really, really fun books recently. Ben Franklin's autobiography, or not his autobiography, but his biography by Walter Isaacson was super fun. Um, I learned a lot about, you know, you can be a world changer and also have a lot of fun. And, and uh, you know, you can also be creative and continually, you know, pushing the envelope in so many different regards. Uh, so that one was a lot of fun. And then also Sapiens. Um, I don't know if you've read that book, but um, you know, really, really interesting about where the history of humans have come from, you know, since really day one of being on this planet to where we are now, to me is very fascinating because, you know, I think that we've evolved certainly in many regards, but there are some some parts of our psychology that are the same as to what they were millions of years ago. And I find it fascinating. So, uh, so anyway, that that's how I would... Uh, answer that question cool cool um last uh well we got a couple more questions but last question what are your three pillars of wealth creation yeah so i think um going back you know probably similar to what i what i answered your earlier question with but you know another that i would add there would be relationships for sure um because you know obviously in our business uh relationships are the key it's like the central to everything um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to be on the show with you and, and, and furthering our relationship just as a, as a great example. Um, but beyond that, it is, it goes back to the consistency, the persistence. Um, you know, so I think overall, you know, going back again to the continuous learning and just understanding that there's always something new, there's always a new tool to be put in your tool belt. Um, so I, I would say that, you know, re- really it's relationships, persistence, consistency, as well as continuous and never ending improvement. Awesome. Awesome. So last question is how can our listeners get in touch with you? So you can, uh, you can reach me on my website at tylerchester.com. Um, you can also subscribe to our newsletter. We do a bi-weekly newsletter where, you know, we're all about adding value. And uh, beyond that, you know, you can reach me on uh, Twitter or Instagram at the Tyler Chesser. And so I uh, look forward to meeting your listeners and, uh, Appreciate you having me on the show today. Well, speaking of meeting the listeners, you're going to be in uh, Minneapolis in September, Absolutely. September 20 and 21st. We got our uh, North Star Real Estate Conference. You're going to be uh, speaking at that. So anybody can meet you uh, there and, and definitely get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. And, um, you know, I think it goes back to what we talked about before. It's like, you meet somebody online, so to speak, and uh, it's great to be able to kind of really build a real relationship beyond that. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. 
Well, appreciate the time and a ton of value that you were able to add. So definitely appreciate that as well. You have a great rest of the day. You do the same. Thanks, Todd. A special thanks to Tyler Chesser for joining us on the show. Appreciate him spending some valuable time with us and tons of good insight. Make sure you go back, listen, and take a couple things that you got from this episode and really apply it to, to your business, to your life, and make sure that uh, you get some value out of every podcast that you listen to, whether it's mine or anybody else's, honestly. Just get that value that you need to. So I think taking a couple notes and really trying to focus on applying that to your business is going to get you there. So three things that I took from Tyler. First of all, he talks about being easy to do business with. And I think that's really important. We probably don't talk about that enough. Just be easy to do business with. Make sure people want to do business with you and they're going to want to do it again. Uh, they're going to want to bring you more business because you were actually enjoyable to do business with versus the other way around being the pain in the butt. And I was just talking to a broker the other day who said they canceled the deal with the guy because he was a pain in the butt. So don't be a pain, be easy to deal with. Uh, the other thing that he talks about is, uh, you know, always building relationships. Of course, a broker is going to say that. Uh, that's really important for his business, but it's important for all of our businesses to always be building relationships and growing those relationships and making sure that you're consistently um, consistently honing them and, and not kind of forgetting the relationships you built just to come and, and build new ones, always take care of the others. And then the last thing he talks about is always expect the unexpected. And that's really important. We can do some stuff to prepare for, but make sure you're ready for the unexpected uh, and that you're able to to navigate through that. So that's that's really important as well. Uh, again, thanks a lot for Tyler for joining us. Reach out to him. A fantastic person just to get to know. He's got a new podcast coming out, so check out his podcast as well. All that stuff is in our show notes. So uh, reach out to Tyler, say hi, and uh, if you're in his area, he's a fantastic person to be doing business with. So I am Todd Dexheimer. I'm signing out. Make every day a Saturday. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. A couple things before we go. Again, go on to our Facebook page, Pillars of Wealth. We'd love to have you on there. Go on to iTunes. Give us a rating and review and subscribe to the show. Also, um, you know, don't forget, reach out to me if you want any help with uh, potentially growing your business and reach out to John Styles to help you buy or sell real estate. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Have a fantastic the rest of the day. And as I say, make every day a Saturday.